please open your Bibles to Exodus 18 verses 1 to 12. When Jedro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people, and that the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt, then Jedro, Moses' father-in-law, took Zipporah, Moses' wife, after she had sent her back and her two sons, of which the name of the one was Gershon, for he said, I have been an alien in a strange land. And the name of the other was Eliezer, for the God of my father said he was my help, and deliver me from the sword of Pharaoh. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his son and his wife unto Moses into the wilderness, where he encamped at the mount of God. And he said unto Moses, I, thy father-in-law, Jethro, am come to thee, and thy wife and her two sons with her. And Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, and did obeisance, and kissed him. And they asked each other of their welfare. And they came into the tent. And Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done unto Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, and all the travail that had come upon them by the way, and how the Lord delivered them. And Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord, who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptian. And Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods, for in the, in the things wherein they deal proudly, he was above them. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and sacrifices for God, and Aaron came, and all the elders of Israel, to eat bread with Moses, father-in-law, before God. This was the history of the restoration of Zipporah, Moses' wife. It was her father, Jedro, who brought her back to Moses. Please, we read now in Numbers chapter 10 verses 11 through 12. Numbers 10, 11 through 12. And it came to pass on the twentieth day of the second month, in the second year, that the cloud was taken up from the, the tabernacle of the testimony. And the children of Israel took their journeys out of the wilderness of Sinai, and the cloud rested in the wilderness of Paran. And in Numbers 10, verses 29 and 30. Numbers 10, verses 29 and 30. And Moses said unto Hobart, the son of Ragel the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, We are journeying unto the place of which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Come thou with us, and we will do thee good. For the Lord has spoken good concerning Israel. And he said unto him, I will not go, but I will depart to my own land and to my kindred. Then 
when Jedro had left Moses appointed these rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, and so on, please turn now to the prophecy of Exodus, chapter 18, verse 24. And we read on Exodus 18, 24 to 25. So Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. And Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, ruler of thousands, ruler of hundreds, ruler of fifties, and ruler of ten. Moses' wife. In this historical parable, Moses fills the role of God, and Zipporah fills the role of national Israel, the wife of Jehovah. The Old Testament, the Old Testament, Testament national Israel was the wife of Jehovah, can be seen in many Old Testament passages, such as Isaiah 54, 5, where God says, For thy maker is thy husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and thy Redeemer the Holy One of Israel. And in Jeremiah 3.14, Turn all backsliding children, says the Lord, for I am married unto you. And Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 32, Wish my covenant, they break, although I was a husband unto them, says the Lord. To be precise, we actually have to say that only the remnant of Old Testament Israel, who was truly safe, was the wife of Jehovah, for God never loved the wicked. God says in Psalm 5, verse 5, Thou hatest all workers of iniquity, and so, God never enters into a loving relationship with the wicked, but only with the righteous within the nation of Israel. Please turn now to Romans chapter 11 verse 1. After the cross, all those who hold on to the old ceremonial law are now called the synagogue of Satan for they are fighting against the gospel of Christ. In Romans 11, God speaks lovingly about the return of the nation of Israel to Him. But again, we must think here only of the remnant chosen by grace. So we read in Romans 11 verse 1, I say then, has God cast away His people? God forbid! For I also am an Israelite, of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away everyone from the nation of Israel, for I also am an Israelite. So let's see now on verse 5, Romans 11, 5. Even so, then at this present time, also there is a reign according to the election of grace. Even so today... There is a remnant chosen by grace out of the nation of Israel, as well as out of the Gentile nation. As a whole, Israel seeks to serve God, but they will serve Him in their way. What then? Israel has not obtained that which He seeketh for, but the election has obtained it, and the rest were blinded. So we read in Romans 11, verses 12. 
Now, if the fall of them be the riches of the world, and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentile, how much more their fullness? So we read in Romans 11, verse 15, For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? Initially, after the cross, they were cast away, for the ceremonial law died. But the angels rejoiced when the number of elect Jews were saved by grace. Life from the dead applies to everyone who becomes saved. For when we are born again or born from above, we are changed from being dead in trespasses and sins to be alive in God. Can we now apply all this to Moses' wife, Zipporah? Please turn your Bibles to the first epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 1, 1 verse 23. When we read in chapter 4, Moses took his wife and two sons with him to go to Egypt. But his two sons were not circumcised. The Lord met him at the inn and sought to kill him. Then, at the direction of Moses, Zipporah circumcised her son, and this was sufficient evidence for the Lord that Moses would obey him also in this matter of circumcising his children. So we're reading Exodus chapter 4, verse 26. So he let him go. Then she said, A bloody husband thou art, because of the circumcision. We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 23, But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greek foolishness. Please turn now to Romans chapter 11 verses 20 to 22. Well, because of unbelief they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear, for if God Spare not the natural branches. Take heed lest he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God, on them which fell severity, but toward thee, goodness. If thou continue his goodness, otherwise thou also shalt be cut off. But then God speaks also of reconciliation, both in the Old Testament as well, as in the New Testament. However, we should keep in mind that nobody gets into heaven on the coattail of his parent, or his pastor, or any other human being. God expressed that in John chapter 1 verse 13, which is a verse that you all probably know by heart. God says in John 1 13, which were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. Reconciliation. Now did reconciliation take place at the time of Moses and Zipporah. Jethro brought back Zipporah and gave her to Moses. Jethro was a Midianite, a Gentile. Jetso was also a priest. A priest intercedes for other people before God. In other words, Jethro represents a remnant of the Gentile who becomes safe and who evangelizes the remnant of Israel to be reconciled to Christ. 
So we read in Romans chapter 11, verses 23 and 24. And they also, if they abide not stealing unbelief, shall be grafting, for God is able to graft them in again. For if thou wert cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were graft contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be graft into their own olive tree? Consider the incredible love and mercy of God that He would take us after a lifetime of living in sin and that He also is willing to take back the descendants of those who nail Him to the cross if they turn from their own belief to faith in Christ. It means that the Father is drawing them and this means that Christ has paid for all their sins on the cross and this means that long before the foundation of the world the Father placed their names within the mind of the Son. So we read in Romans chapter 11 verses 25 to 27 For I would not broaden that ye should be ignorant of this mystery lest ye should be wise in your own conceits. That blindness in part is happening to Israel, until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. And so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written, There shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. From, and for this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. Till, when is this spiritual blindness on the major part of the descending of Jacob? God says, until the fullness of the Gentile be coming. That is when the last day of the world has come. Means the fullness of the remnant of the Gentile from all nations of the world. The fullness of Israel means the fullness of all the remnant from the nation of Israel. And since the nation of Israel is no longer favorite nation, according to Galatians 3 verse 28, the fullness of the remnant from all the nations of the world shall have come in when God is finished with the goal He has set up for creating mankind. And so we read in verse 26, And so in this manner shall all Israel be saved. God does not say, and then shall all Israel be saved. The Greek word has never been translated then. If we want to interpret this sentence as only applying to those who are the physical descendants of Jacob, we should say a spiritual blindness will dominate the major fraction of each national Israel until the end of time when the fullness of the Gentile have come in, and in this manner shall all the remnant of national Israel be saved. Please, let's drop to Romans chapter 11 verses 30 and 32. For as ye in time past have not believed God, yet now yet have now obtained mercy through their own belief. Even so have this also now not believed that through your mercy they also maintain, may obtain mercy. For God has concluded them all in unbelief that he hath made mercy above all. God begins to say 
true for begin uh, I'm sorry God begins to God begins to say through their own belief in crucifying Christ ye have now obtained mercy even so through your mercy they also might obtain mercy by this God refers to our witness to the Jews our bringing of the gospel to them it's the love and mercy that we bestow on them and thus when we read in verse 32 about all, we need to remember that this word all only applies to the remnant saved by grace. Let us now return to Sipora and let us see how beautiful all of this fit the description of Israel restored. So we read in Romans chapter 10 verses 17, Exodus 1, 12, and Revelation 12.10. Jethro, a priest of Midian, representing a remnant of the Gentile who became saved, and who evangelized the remnant, the remnant of Israel, to be reconciled to Christ, is now bringing the remnant of national Israel to the Lord Jesus Christ. Why did Jethro do that? It was when he heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people, and that the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. We are reminded of Romans 10.17 where God says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. When we read in Exodus 18 about Israel taking out of Egypt, even down to the last Israelite, we must remember that this was a large multitude representing all the remnants of all the nations of the world. The Lord Jesus Christ is called Israel, and therefore all those who are in Christ are also called Israel. This is the Israel who is referred in Romans 9 verse 6, where God says, They are not all Israel which are of Israel. And notice the place where Jethro met Moses. Jethro waited until Moses encamped at the Mount of God, for Jethro also had become a believer. Moses reached Mount Horeb in the third month. Eleven months later, the children of Israel were still encamped at the foot of Mount Horeb. That is how important it was for them to listen to the words of God before they move on to their next camping place. So now we're reading Exodus 18 verses 8 through 9. And Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done unto Pharaoh and unto the Egyptian for Israel's sake and all the travail that had come upon them by the way and how the Lord delivered them. And Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. And we read in Exodus 18 verse 10, And Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord, who hath delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of Pharaoh, who hath delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Can you see that there is a great redundancy in the words of verses 8, 9, and 10? It is as if God wants us to remember that Pharaoh 
was a formidable foe. Pharaoh is a picture of Satan, and Egypt is a picture of this world, which is the kingdom of Satan. And what is the weapon that Satan holds in his hand? Satan is called the accuser of the brethren. In Revelation chapter 12 verse 10, and he has in his hand the law of God. Deliverance from Pharaoh. Please, turn again to the epistle to the Romans. Romans chapter 4 verse 8. When Christ delivered us from bondage, from bondage to sin and Satan, he will also deliver us from the law. Therefore, if Christ is going to deliver us from our sins, then he must also make a provision that we no longer transgress the law. To this end, God stated in Romans 4, 8, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. No more sin? When is this blessedness going to be ours? When Christ paid for all our sin on the cross, all our sins were still future sins. But when they were paid in AD 33, the guilt of all our sins disappeared. So we read in Romans chapter 4 verse 8, Blessed are you, for the Lord will not impute sin to your soul. I could not believe my eyes when I first realized the impact of this verse. But then I found other verses that say the same thing. For example, Romans 4.15 says, Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. We read in Romans chapter 4 verse 8, For until the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Again, it is the same message in Romans 6, 7. And there we read, For he that is dead is freed from sin. So we read on, on Romans 6, 18 where we read, Being made free from sin, ye became the servant of righteousness. And the same we read in Romans 6.22, But now being made free from sin, and become servants to God, ye have put your fruit unto holiness, and the end of everlasting life. And then that same thing we read in Romans 7, verse 4, where we read, Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. We have become dead to the law by the body of Christ. It means that at the cross, Christ suffered in his humanity, and all those who are in Christ have been crucified with Christ. And so we read in Romans chapter 7 verse 6, where we read, But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of the spirit, and not in the oldness of the letter. And also, we read in Romans chapter 8 verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Jesus Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Clearly, there is no condemnation to all those who are in Christ Jesus, for He has done away with all our sins, past, present, and future sins. 
if we had only one sin on our soul, the righteousness of God demands that we must put cast into hell. But not one sin remains. And the Lord Jesus Christ assures us that we are in His covenant, which means that we are in His last will and testament. No one can remove our name from His will and testament. But if we would have only one sin, we would not be eligible to receive such a great inheritance, for we would not go to the new heaven and new earth, but to hell. And so, what is the bottom line of all this? The bottom line is summarized in Romans chapter 4, verse 8. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin, no sin, because we have died to the law, no sin because we were in Christ when he died, and he died to fulfill the law in our place, no sin because there can be no condemnation for all of those who are in Christ Jesus. The weapon of Satan, the sword of Pharaoh, and the curse of the law have been defeated by the atonement of Christ. Amen.